One of my recent areas of, of research has been to do with the confirmation of climate uh, predictions um, or assessing how confident we should be in climate predictions. Um, now, this is uh, assessing confidence in predictions is of particular concern in climate science because of the immediate policy implications, right? In, in other areas of science, it's not so important to be able to not just get on with the business of doing science and constructing good models and, and making predictions, but also be able to say how confident we are in those predictions, right? In climate science, there's, there's almost a dual task for the scientist to be able to, to do the science and say how good the science is, right? So philosophers can contribute here. Uh, we traditionally have been interested in this question of, of the logic of assessing confidence in hypotheses, right? And, and uh, I'm amongst those who, who favor a probabilistic logic of confirmation where you know, if you're more confident, you might assign 0.9 probability to, to a theory slash prediction. And if you're less confident, you know, uh, a much lower probability, right? Of course, fleshing in the details of those probabilities is much, uh, much harder to do, and, and that is a substantial issue for the scientists themselves. Uh, but there's various points uh, with respect to the logic where philosophers and other methodologists uh, can contribute. Now, one recent issue uh, that uh, I've been working on with my colleague uh, Charlotte Verndel in the department has to do with a particular concern that climate scientists have uh, with respect to uh, assessing confidence in their predictions that, that we actually think shouldn't, have, shouldn't be such a worry uh, as they might think. Uh, now, this is the issue of double counting the evidence, right? So the worry is that if we use evidence, for instance, the temperature record over the last 100 years to fill in the details of, uh, of a model, uh, perhaps, so this is a common example, the, 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 the precise workings of the aerosol or the cooling effect of aerosol on the climate is left undetermined to be filled in by the evidence, right? So if we use evidence to uh, to, uh, to fill in this detail, then it would be cheating to then, uh, to then think that we uh, should be confident in this model because it has a good match with the temperature record or it fits well with the temperature record. And some, sci some uh, climate scientists have even gone to say that this whole, this whole procedure of, of fitting the model to the evidence is illegitimate. Now, what we want to argue is uh, not only is it not illegitimate I mean, to construct a model in this way, uh, this is done in many areas of science, you leave a, a free parameter in a model to be filled in uh, by fit with the, with the data, but moreover, we can then make assessments of fit with the data and this can contribute or this can change our level of of confidence in, in the model and its predictions, right? So one model that uh, fits better with the data uh, gets a boost in confidence versus another model that may have been initially just as plausible in terms of basic physical princi 
principles and, and, and uh, workings of the climate that, that fits not so well with the subsequent data. Some practices of climate scientists, like they think that they need to use half of the data uh, for fitting the model and the other half for testing the model, are not so straightforwardly correct. Uh, we argue that it's legitimate just to use all of the data to fit the model and you can still uh, make various assessments of confidence uh, after doing so. Okay, so while philosophers of course uh, can't sort of uh, settle all the details of how confident a scientist should be in their theories, um, they can contribute in this way uh, by, by being able to point out uh, certain general logical lessons like, you know, we shouldn't be so worried about double counting.